Hi, and welcome to the Diverse Butterfly Podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy Hooper. I'm from Mississippi. I was diagnosed with a rare genetic condition called Turner Syndrome, and I'm also on the autism spectrum. In this podcast, I share my experiences of having both Turner Syndrome and autism, as well as interviewing individuals with Turner Syndrome and autism, professionals, parents, siblings, anyone who has a connection to Turner Syndrome and autism. So let's jump in. In this episode, I talked to Taylor Carley, the self-advocacy coordinator of the Mississippi Institute of Disability Studies. He explained what the Institute of Disability Studies is, what they do, what services they provide, and what self-advocacy means to him, and much more. So enjoy my conversation with Taylor Carley. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, this is Taylor Carley. He is from the Mississippi Institute of Disability Studies in Hagsburg, Mississippi. And he's going to uh, tell you a little bit about him and his role there at the Institute of uh, Disability Studies um, and, and self-advocacy in his role uh, in that in Mississippi. So, um, uh, so yeah, Taylor, I'm so excited for you to be on. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this today. Um, so first off, can you introduce yourself and tell us your role as the Institute of Disability Service, I mean, studies, excuse me. Well, hello, Cassidy. First, I'd like to thank you for this great opportunity to be on your podcast. For people who don't know who I am and what I represent for the Institute for Disability Studies, my name is Taylor Carley. I am the self-advocacy coordinator for the Institute for Disability Studies, and my role here as a self-advocacy my role here as a self-advocacy coordinator is to promote advocacy by sharing my story and helping others find their voice. Um, yeah, I think self-advocacy is so important because, you know, we need to find our voice because, you know, it's so important for individuals with any kind of disability to have a voice and a say in what they want and their needs in society. So I think that's really great. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what the Institute of Disability Studies is and what services y'all provide? Oh, where do I begin? To understand <laughs> what the Institute for Disability Studies or IDS for short, is you have to look back into the past where it all started. So a long time ago when President Kennedy was a long time ago when President Kennedy was in office, Kennedy had a sister with an intellectual disability. And back then they say the R word. The R word we do not use anymore, and it's retard. But back during that period, the general diagnose, diagnose was mental retardation. Kennedy wanted to research more about disability, so the first National Mental Retardation Council was formed, and our programs were created too. It has evolved to be what it is 
a USET, a University Center for Excellence in Developmental Disabilities. These USETs are all over the U.S., 67 to be exact. The primary, the primary Mississippi USET's goal is to promote independence, productivity, and community inclusion for people with disabilities. So IDS focus on these emphasis, education and capacity building, community living, and family engagement. We offer a variety of program, programs like Project Recovery, Total, Transition of Teens to Adult Life, Triad AmeriCorps, Post-Secondary Education, and so much more. We impact individuals with disabilities by helping them find the right resources and assistant, assistance to succeed in life. Yeah, and I think that that's great because we all need that support from the community and the resources to learn how to thrive in the community. Um, so yeah, that is awesome. Um, so what does your role as the self-advocacy coordinator entail and what got you into this role? Sure. I started just like anybody else. I didn't know what I wanted to do as a profession. Me? I have autism. And here's a quick story. Where my story started is after high school, I call up the cliff, no resources, no information, nothing. Nothing is there at all for individuals with disabilities like me. It is cat and mouse finding information. How do you transition? Me, I did not have the voice to speak up for myself. I kept to myself. Until I found IDS, I started an internship. I did volunteer service with AmeriCorps. I got my first job in the community. I came back to full time to AmeriCorps and eventually I showed my abilities and eventually I got a job at the Institute for Disability Studies. Wow. And that is unbelievably seven years ago. Next month we'll make it eight years. That is a long time. What does my job cover? I go around the communities and telling my story, spreading advocacy. I assist with other programs that IDS provides. I talk about the IDS provides. I mentor individuals with disabilities to find their capacities, to use that voice to speak up. My YouTube channel series, Chit Chat Thursdays with Taylor, I create videos that I interview special guests with various topics and focus on self-advocacy efforts in Mississippi. Whatever's going on, I cover it there. The series is ongoing seven years too. And if you find a job you love, it feels like you're not even working because you're having fun doing it. That is why I love my job here at IDS. We are a family here and we get things done. That is incredible. And I can so relate to you being an autistic self-advocate. You know, I work with the ARC of Northeast Mississippi and I am the president of their Autism Now division. And I won't, we're, we started in the early building blocks for Autism Now during the pandemic the beginning of the COVID pandemic when, you know, the lives of especially autistic individuals, their lives were turned upside down and their routines were changed. And as you know, individuals with autism do not do well with change. A lot of them don't. And with my passion for advocacy and the lack of resources here in Mississippi for autistic adults, that's how Autism Now was born. And I think you have the same passion that I do. And so that's why I wanted to talk to you today 
you know, because I think we share a similar passion about the self-advocacy uh, in the community. So I think that's awesome. Um, so for you, what does self-advocacy mean to you? That is a great question, Cassidy. And <clears throat> advocacy as a whole is important for individuals with or without disabilities. You can be an advocate or self-advocate. Advocacy is advocacy. You can advocate for others or advocate for yourself. You're using your voice to speak up about something that could be happening right now in your community, a decision in your daily life. You advocate in many ways, not realizing it at all. Me, as my job, I help people use their voice to make a difference in their life. Self-advocacy to me is to speak up, speak out, and use that voice. Do not let somebody speak up for you. If someone is advocating for you, you need to do that. You need to self-advocate for yourself. It is important to advocate for yourself. Oh, absolutely. And it's your life and you know what you're, what you want and what you don't want and your needs. Um, so it's so important to um, learn how to advocate for yourself. Um, so yes, that is great advice and great insight on self-advocacy. Um, so how can people better support individuals with autism or any disability in general? <clears throat> that is another cool question. And this is my answer to that. How to support an individual with disabilities the same way we treat individuals without a disability. You need to listen. Hear what needs to be heard. Come up with a solution. You know what I see nowadays? I see most individuals with disabilities have their parental guide, guardian or someone that takes care of them to address their needs. I love that. Don't get me wrong. Mom and dad knows best sometimes, but protecting their child. Certain age or early on, I think a better support system is having the individual make those choices. A start can be a choice work gradually up to important choices. I'm going to lay out an example. Billy wants to go to college. Uh, everybody wants to go to college, make more money, get a degree. Come on now. There's, mm -hmm. Their support is not listening he, to him. They, that his needs are something else. Do you ask, Billy? Do you want to go to college? Do you want to drive? Parents need to ask those questions and start inserting goals for them to reach that step. A gentle push of obligation example, like let Billy lead his IEP meeting or a certain occasion. Give him the chance. Don't do it for him. That will help him grow to be independent. And we got to be honest, depending on Billy's disability, we have to take in consideration Billy might have limitations to can't do certain things. But do not stop his opportunities. Let Billy just do it. See how it works for him and the plan from there. If not, find a solution to both Billy and, their, and the parents' needs. A great support system is having those walls structured. If it all works together and the wall is strong, Billy's will to thrive throughout anything that happens in his life will throw at him. And that's what I think about that generally. Yes, I think that's great. You know, we, as you know, self-advocates 
we need to step up and use our voice because, you know, yes, our parents know us, you know, inside and out, but only we know what we want and we know what makes us happy and what doesn't. So we need to speak up about what makes us happy and what we want instead of people making decisions for us. I think that absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. So how can we better prepare people with autism and other disabilities for adulthood and help them have a smooth transition after high school? Do you believe there needs to be more resources for adults with autism and other disabilities? How can the lack of resources in Mississippi be changed? <clears throat> when I saw this question, I really had to think. It was hard to find the answer, answer that justifies what improvements need to be done to get things right. I will say this, and I hope it answers your question. High schools do their part to help everybody. The school goes into several directions to make sure everybody's able. And sometimes, let's be honest, things slip through the cracks. Resources are there but not utilized efficiently. Some people don't know the school's resources or do not know the options. I believe schools should have the resources at ready for individuals before they graduate or have a transition plan moving forward. I think the school, the individual with disabilities, and the parents need to research and find these resources. Sometimes the information is not handed to them at all or slips by. Everybody's busy with his or her schedule. I say take the time to come together to formulate a plan for Billy. Yes, I'm bringing that example. Billy is back. Billy should be learning what is out there and have an idea where he wants to go. And parents need to ask Billy what to do. Let's say he wants to go to college. There you go. Focus on that. Do I need resources should be available? Absolutely. It's hard when there's several or a lot of information out there not compromised into one outlet to look and find the right information to help. There is a website in one state has the coverage of everything. Individuals, providers, teachers, resources need to help transition I think Mississippi needs a website like that. Everything in one place where everything is available, not scattered, but where it's gathered and can be used in one place where you access it and use it. That is the change in our state, I think, would be so great as a website or a place where you can get all that information and make sure Billy can succeed. And as an example, everybody. Yes, I absolutely agree. I think that that would be a great way to have everything in one place for Mississippi. And yeah, I think that, you know, parents need to be looking out for, you know, what's in the area, resources that are already out there that maybe can help their child with a disability or yeah. adult with a disability. So yeah. That is a great perspective. And sometimes, yeah. and sometimes parents all and they just everybody don't work together. They expect one yeah. one entity to do everything for them, but 
we all need to work together. Not just, hey, you do everything, but come together. You yes. got to make that change and find those resources and ask around. I know it's hard. Trust me. I was there looking left and right for stuff, but you've got to keep trying and do not give up. Yes, I, I totally agree. Um, so why do you think self-advocacy is so important? Self-advocacy is using your voice, as I said. You need to share your voice if you want to make your life the desire or reality that you want it to be. The choices you make needs a voice. It is your life. Speak up. If you don't know how, start small and gradually work up the confidence. There are things you can do to get started. I always say this, but it came to my mind when I thought about this question. It's nothing about us without us if we cannot speak up. Yes, we are all one voice and, you know, and it's our life. So we need to make the best of it. So, yeah. So, um, to wrap up this conversation, this has been a wonderful conversation, Taylor. I totally love your perspective on these questions and your answers. Love your answers. So to wrap up, how can people get in touch with you and the Institute of Disability Studies and to learn more about your services? Oh, yes, of course. I love this question. I urge anybody to reach out to us. We are here to help. We have offices in Jackson, Hattiesburg, and Gulfport. And you can contact us at the following. If you want to send an email, email us at ids at usm.edu. ids at usm.edu. And for the Jackson office, 601 Four three two six eight seven six for the Hattiesburg office six zero one two six six fifty one sixty three and for Gulfport office two two eight two one four thirty four hundred just reach out by using this information do not hesitate got a question for us let us know we'll be happy to answer any of your questions Okay, awesome. Thank you, Taylor Carly, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this podcast interview. I've learned a lot. You are amazing. Thank you for all you do for the community. Um, and I hope to talk again soon. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Cassidy. It was a pleasure to be on your podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. You have a good day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Diverse Butterfly Podcast. I enjoyed chatting with today's guest, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Talk to you soon.